For a 10-year-old child today, projected four-year college costs can range from $100,000 to $212,000, depending on the school you select. If they then follow in your footsteps and choose to go off to medical school after that, you can forget about it. How is your child's financial health? You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to a special series on children's health. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill, and I'm talking today with Renee Kim, Senior Vice President of Schwab Investor Services, responsible for retirement and college planning products at Schwab. Renee, welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Dr. Kaskill. So we're talking about children's financial health, something parents may not really think about that often, but I would say it's pretty important, wouldn't you? Absolutely. You really need to prepare for making sure you get your kids off to a great start, both health-wise, as you mentioned, and certainly from a financial perspective as well. What is a great way to actually start the ball rolling in terms of getting them off to a good start? Should we be throwing money away as soon as they're born, or is there a magic formula? I'd hate to call it throwing away money, but I would absolutely... <laughs> putting uh, away, putting there away. There you go. <laughs> putting away. I would absolutely uh, recommend that folks start saving right away for their kids' college educations. The sooner that you start, obviously, the less you'll have to put in because you have the power of compounding on your side. We at Schwab here have a variety of products, and of course, these products are available in other places as well. But one of the best is a 529 plan kind of a, a crate. It's named after an IRS regulation kind of thing, so it doesn't have a real snappy name, but it's a, a great way for parents to save in a tax-advantaged way for their kids' college education. Let's say someone in our audience has no idea what a 529 is. Can you go in depth? Sure. A 529 plan is a savings plan where the parent contributes and others can contribute as well. So grandparents can put money in. They sure can. Grandparents, aunts, uncles, the whole family could. That money is in an account specifically for that child, and these plans are always sponsored by a state. They are generally brokerage type of products, meaning they invest in mutual funds and money funds and things like that. The other neat thing I think about a 529 is many of them are what I would call set it and forget it types of plans, which means the parent or the person opening the account says, well, my child's going to go to college in 10 years. So they would pick a plan that had a date, an end date, if you will, about the time that the child goes to college. All the money that is invested into that product goes into, as I mentioned, generally mutual funds, money funds, those types of investments. And over time, it gets a little bit more conservative. So as you approach the time you're going to need that money, you're back into cash types of things, which, of course, have very little market risk. It sounds similar to what's being offered for retirement these days. You set a date you want to retire, and then it's all kind of taken care of for you. That's exactly right. The asset allocation has changed every year, depending on where you are in terms of how close to your target date. You've got it, Dr. Keskel. That's exactly what happens. All right. Let's say I live in one state, and the state schools are terrible and I want my child to go to another state school. How do I do that? For most 529 plans, that's another neat thing about it. You can use that money in any college or institution of higher learning. So you're not restricted by a particular state or you know a particular set of schools. You can use this money for any school. You need to double-check that when you open that, but generally speaking, and for example, the Schwab plan and most other brokerage plans are able to be used anywhere. But the out-of-state tuitions, obviously, are going to be much more than in-state tuitions. Right. 
all the more reason to start putting away that saving sooner. What is an appropriate amount of money to put aside in a 529 for someone who's just born? Let's start at ground zero. All depends on how you want to approach it. If uh, you're starting really the day the, the child is born and you want to do a little bit at a time, you can walk through that. If you want to put in a lump sum and kind of really set it and forget it, you can do that too. The best way to kind of think about the dollar amount, because one thing about tax advantage plans is the money does need to be used for college or for graduate school, those types of things. So you don't want to put so much money thinking that, gosh, they'll be able to use this money to also put a down payment on a house. You want to make sure you're focused on the dollar amount you'd need to send the child to college and potentially graduate school. So you can potentially overfund a 529. You could. And then what happens to that excess money? Who gets it? That money can be given to other members of the family to use, Uh and that would be in a tax-advantaged way. You know, there would be no penalty or anything like that. The other thing that could happen is you could take the money out of the plan. And in that case, generally, you'll need to pay income tax on the earnings. Mm, don't like and that. It's been growing tax deferred the whole time, but uh, you're right. And there is also a uh, 10% penalty on the earnings as well. So you don't want to overfund. But, you know, if you go to a college calculator and have a good sense for how much money you kind of want to set aside, you talked about the 100000 to $212,000 to send a child to four years of college in 10 years, you know, you can kind of get a feel for what you want your limit to be. If you've just joined us, you're listening to Children's Health Month on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill, and I'm talking to Renee Kim, Senior Vice President of Schwab Investor Services, responsible for college planning projects at Schwab. Renee, what other ways are there to prepare besides a 529? Is there any other vehicles out there? There are other vehicles. You can invest in a plain old savings account or a brokerage account that you have on behalf of the child. You can invest in an education savings account. This is another tax-advantaged way to do this. It generally has much lower contribution limits, and so we find it's not quite as useful as a 529 when you're really trying to have a significant amount of money to send the child to school. There are other ways to fund college, of course, and that's through loans that you might get and scholarships as well. So there are a lot of different ways to pay for college when you actually have to start writing those checks. Let's talk about custodial accounts. Let's say I want to buy some stock for my child in their account for, let's say, Target Corporation looks good to me or Bed Bath & Beyond, and I buy it and it performs well and then I sell it. Do I have to pay gains on that? In a custodial account, you would have to pay gains on it. Generally speaking, depending on the amount of the gain and the age of the child, the gains would be taxed at the child's income rate. So if it's capital gains, it'll be taxed at the capital gains rate. If it's interest or dividend income, it would be taxed at the child's income tax rate. Let's go back to the beginning. How much does Schwab think a college education is going to cost in the year 2020? Our best estimates are actually probably similar to the one that you mentioned at the outset of the call. We think that in about 10 years, let's say, it would expect to be about 136000 for an in-state public school and uh, closer to 300000 for a private school. Wow. So quite a significant amount of money there. And is that just tuition or is that room and board also? That would include the room and board pieces ah, of it too. So, yeah. <laughs> 
Because I know my daughter has very expensive food tastes, and she likes really nice bedspreads. Yes, well, my two sons are uh, banking on Duke and all sorts of crazy colleges, so I've uh, definitely got my work cut out for me. I don't think they have a clue. I mean, maybe when they're 17, 18, ready to go to college, and they see what it costs. But before that, I mean, it's just, it's outrageous. You know, speaking broadly about financial health for your kids, personally, I talk about this at the dinner table. My sons are 10 and 14, and this is pretty common uh, discussions for us, both how much college costs and how we're saving for it. I show them their statements and you know, those types of things. So they do have a sense for that, and they understand both the power of savings, because that's a skill they're going to need to learn, you know, you take with them throughout their life. I'm glad you brought that up. I have two little ones, and I'm starting a allowance program to try and teach them about saving and the value of money. And do you think that's a good idea, bad idea? Gosh, I think it's a terrific idea. The sooner kids can learn about both budgeting in a, even a real simple way, trying to decide how they spend their allowance, about savings, and whether you're going to encourage them to put a piece of that away or not. I think those are excellent, excellent ways to approach helping children grow up to be as financially fit as they possibly can. Do you make your kids contribute to their college fund? Yes, I do. We have a couple of different ways that we do that. We've got the, you know, piggy bank, Winnie the Pooh, and we fill him with coins, and we undo him once a year and put everything away. Well, that's the beer token fund. Well, (laughs) not necessarily. (laughs) It goes into their college account as well. Should people think that they, if they haven't prepared for their kids, that they'll be okay with financial aid? What's the skinny on that? Boy, that's a great question, and I think that's a very individual thought process. Clearly, financial aid opens the door for a child to go to college when perhaps they couldn't if it wasn't available. You read plenty of stories and in our own family experienced uh, needing to pay those financial aid loans off, and that changes the kid's financial state. So if the parent can help through savings and such, it's a wonderful thing. If the child can help through working and saving themselves along the way, as we've discussed, that's also very helpful. But college is really an important For many, many people, it is the ticket to play in the career they're looking for. So it seems like if you still need to do it with financial aid, it's a good way to go. Let's say my daughter decides she does not want to go to college, and I have a 529 for her, and I have no other relatives to give that 529 to. What happens to all that money? It's what we discussed earlier. You'd be able to take that money out of the 529 plan. You would pay income tax on the earnings and then that 10% penalty on the earnings as well. But the contributions that you stuck in, you'd be able to get out. Is there a formula out there? Is there some sort of number you advise your clients that they should be thinking about every year for their children if they can't lump sum fund something? The best way to go through that is to think through the plan, decide how much you think you're going to need to fund. And we do have tools on Schwab.com, and we have another site that's really helpful for parents called SchwabMoneyWise.com. In there, you can say, if I need $200,000 in 10 years, how much would I need to save every single month or year? And so we've got those kinds of tools available for clients to work through, and that gives them a, a good idea about how much to set aside each month or each year. Are there any tax traps out there that we should be aware of? Well, I, I don't think there are traps 
necessarily. It's just important to know exactly what the rules are for each of the products. We've pointed out a couple of the challenges with the 529 plan if you don't end up going to college, and that's a similar approach with the educational savings account. You just need to be aware. Make sure you understand what the rules are for the products. I hate to keep harping on the 529, but let's say the state has their own 529. Do you need to go through Schwab or a financial house to get it? You don't. You can go directly to the state and purchase the plan. I think the key thing for people when they're thinking about what's the right place to go is to consider the quality of the investments inside there and the fees that are associated with it. The other thing is some states offer a state tax benefit for the contributions if you live in that particular state. And so clearly, if that is the case, the client or the, the person looking to open a 529 would want to check that out for the state that they happen to live in. Renee Kim, thank you very much for coming on the show. Dr. Keskel, thanks for having me. It's an important topic. We've been discussing saving for your child's education and their current financial health. I'm Dr. Larry Kaskel, and you've been listening to a special series on children's health on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. And thank you for listening.